Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Authentic Podcast with Justin Doulard. And thank you for tuning in to another episode. It's time! All right, James Krause. Thanks for joining me, brother. I really appreciate it. Um, I know you're a busy guy and got a lot going on, which is what we're going to dive into. Um, before we started, I, I do have to give a couple of shout outs. Uh, the first big one to, to Bobby at Sheath. I know that's one of your sponsors or one of your guys now. Yeah. And uh, that's how I heard you on. I heard you first on his podcast. And then I said, hey, Bobby, great show. And he's like, I'll see if I can get you hooked up. So uh, shout out to both of you guys yeah. for that. And uh, Bobby's a great guy. If you haven't got to meet him in person, you will probably yeah. one day. And then uh, to Darren Potts, man, uh, he runs the Potts podcast. And he's had a couple of your fighters on there. I know he's had Kevin Kroom and James Gallagher um, doing a lot of good podcasts and, and got a lot, of good, a lot of good content. So shout out to those guys. But what's going on in your world? I know you're fresh off the, the fight night coaching uh, basically half the card, it felt like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh... – yeah, it's, you know, that's kind of where it just seems like uh, almost every weekend now I have somebody on a card somewhere in this in this world and uh, pretty much just do that, coach coach during the day. And if I don't have my kids at night, I, you know, I have my kids most of the time, but if I don't, I work on real estate, investing, whatever. And uh, that's pretty much what I do all day, every day. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to have you have you on for several reasons. I mean, big MMA fan, but then uh, just a big fan of yours overall. Me and me and my wife really started following you when you were on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, so I was going to kind of ask you about that too. It's always a question I had. How how did you get on the Ultimate Fighter when you were already currently on the UFC roster? Because that's kind of unorthodox, correct? I just asked. <laughs> it was something I wanted to do, and, and uh, I just asked to be on, and they they liked it, and yeah, we, we went with it. Nice. Yeah, I'm a big fan of always uh if you never ask the answers always no and a lot of people just never thought yeah. of it. So sounds like it worked out for you. Yeah, it was good. Me. I I was I was in a I was in a point in my career where uh like I just I wasn't really getting a ton of exposure and I was I was uh I was fighting I see I feel like I was always the B side. Like I feel like I was always the guy that was like, Hey, we have this guy and we want him we want him in a tough fight. Uh you know, it's like I, I always got set up. I always feel like I was getting set up, not set up like maliciously or anything like that. But like I was always the B side. I was always the guy that they wanted to. They brought me in to fight somebody else. You know what I mean? And I'd, and I'd win some and I'd lose some. Some of them I was ready for. Some of them I wasn't. And uh, yeah, man, like I just I feel like I was in a weird spot in my career and I felt like the exposure was and nobody really knew who I was. You know what I mean? And uh so I, I wanted the exposure and I noticed that they always seem to take care of those guys, you know? So that was a really big reason for me to go back on that show. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the idea, the, the idea in a nutshell of, of why I wanted to do that. Well, it sounds like it worked to a decent extent. I'm sure a lot of the other things you're doing in life uh, got you to where you are now, but that's how I found you for sure. So, yeah, I, I get that a lot. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of people say, Hey, I watched Sean tough and you know, that's, that's where I started following you. And that, I'm good with it. You know what I mean? Like I've been doing this for a long time. And uh, if that's when you start watching me, then let's go. You know? Here we are. Yeah. It's, yeah. So 
so you're a, a lot different to me in ways that you don't seem fake at all, pretty genuine and call it how it is and kind of a no bullshit guy. How was that for you being on the show? Uh, considering, you know, it is a TV show that they kind of pump that drama in or kind of, kind of get things sparked up. You know, you, you don't really seem to, to fall into that shit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty tough to just live with anybody that you don't normally live with for six weeks anyway. And then you put, I mean, the show is just, is, is made for that. You know, that's what they want. And I don't think like, they don't fabricate anything. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I was actually pretty surprised of how uh, organic it all was really. But anytime you put my, the, the biggest problem was, was me for me was like, I felt like I was kind of, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a dick when I say this, but I feel like I was kind of a, an established adult you know, going into this show, like I had a family, I had my own house, I had a business I was running at home. And some of these guys just weren't quite there yet. And there's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But the, the maturity level on some of them just wasn't quite, uh, I shouldn't say maturity level. It's not like I don't want to say they're immature, but just, you know how like, I don't know if you do this, but I do this all the time where like, I look back at like my Facebook memories, it's like 10 years ago. And I was like, God, what a oh, dipshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why yeah. did I say that? You know? And like, I just feel like these guys were just in a different place in their life, whether they be younger or just in different places in their life or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And they just, they didn't care uh, about stuff. So there was like, there was a few of us that, you know, got up at a normal time every morning and had breakfast, had coffee and talked, talked about life, talked about business and, you know, just whatever we could talk about. So you're there for six weeks with, you know, 13 guys or 14 guys or how many, like, and then, I don't know. It's just, it's just a, such a melting pot of different personalities. It's almost impossible to get along with everybody. Now mix that in. Like as the show progresses, people are out of the show after they lose. Like, and then at like week three is when shit starts hitting the fan. Cause that's when people start getting eliminated and it's like, no one cares anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and they don't care if they're up until 3am and keep in mind, like on the, the bedroom doors, there, there is no door. First of all, there's no doors uh so they can walk in and out you have a camera crew following you around you can't like there's no door on the bathroom like you know what i mean it's crazy it's just it's there's cameras everywhere like literally ever closet bathroom bedroom and mix that in with the bedroom that i stayed in there was four of us i fought every single person in my bedroom at some point (laughs) and uh yeah it's just it's just weird you know what i mean it's a it's a very unique situation and that was one of the reasons that you know one of the things that attracted me to that show is just like i feel like you got to be a different type of person to be on that yeah i I mean i agree i i personally don't think it any age past like 21 or 22 that i could live with like even 13 of my best friends and not yeah and drive me crazy i mean it's just tough man it's just much much less guys i'm about to fist fight if uh, that was the case yeah i thought it was funny too you said you talk about the facebook memories because me and my wife will go back and read ours and she'll reshare hers of when she was, you know, saying dumb shit or putting rap lyrics. No I, I'm like, I'm not reading mine. No way. No one's going to no. see this. <laughs> I don't even open that. I don't even open that dumb app. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I've yeah, had too much stuff. I've had too much stuff happen to me in the last 10 years. I don't want no part of reliving that. Right. Uh, I did have a compliment for you too. So my, my brother lives in Vegas and he trains at uh tribe now, but uh, his head coach and the owner of the gym now was at syndicate. I think when you were coming off of, of tough or when you were out there, um, and he did say that you were the only visiting pro fighter that has ever offered to clean the mats after training. So <laughs> when I, when I told him yeah, that's coming on anything, he just said, you know, that, that spoke all he needed to know about you right there. So he wanted to drop that little comment for you. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I always try to, I always try to, you know, 
I don't feel like people offer enough, you know? So that's, that's important to me that people know that, uh, yeah, people know that I'm, I'm respectful of, you know, and I'm, I'm uh, grateful for to be there. You know what I mean? Sure. So, well, yeah. I, uh, I listened to one of your episodes with, uh, the protein brothers, um, uh, the podcast. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It might've been an older one, but I know you shared it on your story. So I kind of wanted to delve into it and talk to you. Cause you mentioned, um, something about how the UFC had kind of approached you, um, you know, because you're, you're becoming kind of becoming the staple of like, Hey, I'm a fighter, but now I'm an, you know, an investor and I'm trying to like grow myself yeah. outside of fist fighting. Uh, is there something in the works there for you to kind of be like a, I don't know, like a representative to the, to the UFC fighters or like, is there, an, what's up with that? Uh, there's nothing as far as like, uh, from like an investment standpoint, or so or my financial. Thought, yeah. Yeah. Are you good? Are you going to start like teaching these guys finance kind of like, you know, they do funny, in the NFL and the NBA. Yeah. It's funny. You brought that up. Like there's nothing formal happening, but I was told by somebody pretty high up. I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, I was told by somebody pretty high up at the UFC, uh, like very high up that they planned on doing some financial stuff and they thought I would be a great front runner for it. I haven't heard anything else past that. I would love that job. You know what I mean? Like I would love to be a part of that. It sounds something right up my alley. If, if they do cool, if not, no biggie, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to keep doing my thing regardless, but uh, I, I think it is so imperative to have uh, some type of financial literacy, especially as a professional athlete. I mean, like, God dang, like how many, what are the stats? Like it was like 78 or 76% of professional athletes are broke within two years of, of their career ending or something, you know, it's some, it may even be more than that. It's something astronomical. That's like, what? Yeah. So, I mean, you uh, watch all those 30 for thirties on ESPN. It's like really sad. It is man. And like, I just, and we as fighters, we don't, I don't make a lot. You know what I mean? Like I don't make a lot. I don't make, I don't make a lot of fighting. I make a lot, but not a lot of fighting. <laughs> so like, but that's, that's on us. You know what I mean? That's on us to, to, uh, you know, separate ourselves and uh, make our, make our own way the ufc and that's what people think is like that the, they, they think the ufc is like the end all be all it's not like i just told my team this this morning i've been signed with the ufc since 2013 and like i've never had this sense of like security or like this is the end of the road this is my payday like dude, i don't get paid enough by these guys to live the lifestyle that i want to live you know what i mean like the yeah. ufc didn't buy this damn house i'll tell you that right now and uh it's just you got to, you got to kind of make your own way out there, you know, and that's on you. That's your responsibility. You got to go past that. UFC is a platform to do other things in my opinion, in my opinion, unless you're John Jones or one of those guys. And I'm not one of those guys. So sure. it is really yeah, my thought process with that was a little different than what you referenced on the podcast uh, with the, the protein guys. Uh, you basically had said that, you know, said to so the UFC, is that the responsibility to help these guys with financial literacy? And you were like, well, it's not their job. That's, that's your own independent job. But I was thinking of it in a yeah. different light and saying, uh, not that it's their job, but like prosperity is only going to create more prosperity. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, James Krause, he said, you woke up at 30 and you were like, man, I don't have a lot to my name and I'm a professional athlete. So you'd like, you know, you hit a light bulb. I'm thinking, yeah. what if, what if you had someone impact you maybe five, six years before, cause you've already got this, this large impact on fighters and in and, and the community you're, you're around. What if they'd have gotten you five, six years before and you, you know, you didn't have to go to YouTube hypothetically. To I'm not sure if I was ready for it. I don't know. You know, that's, I mean, shit, it would have been nice to have the information, you know, if I choose to use it or not. That's yeah, no, you're right. You're hundred percent right. Uh, it would have been nice to have that information and I could have chose to use it or not use it at that point. The ball's in my court. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That would be, that would have been really nice. 
I just, I just get the image in my head that a lot of other coaches outside of you are, you know, teaching people how to fight and how to win the next fight. And that's it. But you're like, Hey, let's win this fight, but let's grow our business. Let's retire. Let's not have to fight till we're 42 yeah. on, uh, you know, Logan Paul's undercard to get a final check, um, and yeah. call it good. So, uh, this is a com- completely off topic question. Do you edit the show or no? Is it just a one? Um, I can edit it episode. if needed. It otherwise, I will not. But. I haven't talked to my son all day, and he's going to FaceTime me in a second, and I'm going to sound like a complete goofball for about twenty or thirty seconds. You can keep it, or you can not keep it if you want. I don't care, but I want to. I just want to tell him good night. No, that's that's hundred percent keep keepable. So, okay, yeah, I'm just, feel, I'm feel just free. Okay, uh, as soon as he calls, I'll, I'll let you know. But I cool. haven't seen him all day. And I just want to tell him good night. So, that's um. Cool. Yeah, no, you're you're right though. Like, and those are really cool to have those uh, those moments where you can get those big 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 paydays. That's really cool. That's nice. They're awesome. Um, but it's still like this. Is what I try to tell my guys, like, listen, cash cash will make you rich. Assets make you wealthy. Cash will only last as much as long as it's coming in. You know what I mean? So, like, this is the problem is the guys buy, they, they, let's say you get, I don't know, $250,000 payday, which 90% of these guys in the UFC will never even touch half that in one fight. But let's just say $250,000. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to put that money to work for them. And that's where it starts to get dicey. So it just sits in a bank account and then they're like, Oh, I want a Rolex. Oh, I want Gucci shoes. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. And then before you know it, the shit's gone. And, and it's like, you don't have anything to show for it. And that's where like, my problem is these guys don't know how to put it, put it to work for themselves. And I, you don't have to have $250,000 to do that. Like I tell my guys, like you have five or $10,000, like one of the first things you can do is a hundred dollars a month. Give And like, I do not like financial planners. I, that's my, that is in the three asset classes that I invest in. Uh, long-term financial planning is by far the lowest of the low for me, but I still put away safe money more for probably tax shelter than anything, but whatever. But these guys, like, I think it's like, what is it? A hundred dollars a month for 40 or 50 years is like 1.1 or $1.7 million. Like, and if you can't save a hundred dollars a month then you need, we got bigger problems to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's true. Some of these, Hey, some of the, you laugh, but some of the guys are like, dude, I don't know if I can do that. Like, well, fuck, what are we talking about then? You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just like, what, 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 do we, what do you mean you can't do $100? But then you have way bigger problems than I can help you. Sure. So. And I think that's what goes back with that prosperity is going to create more prosperity is these guys are super talented uh, in the cage. One second. Yeah. Yep. It's gone. Sorry. Right. No, you're good. Buddy. Hi. I miss you, man. You got baby Yoda? You want to say hi to everybody? Hi. <laughs> hi, buddy. Okay, buds. I'll let you go. I just wanted to say night night. Miss you and I love you. Oh, you want to do the eye thing? <laughs> You're so silly, dude. Okay, man. I'll let you go to sleep, okay? I love you. Bye-bye. Sorry. Yeah. How old, how old is he? Two. Nice. My son's turning one in like three weeks. So yeah, I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Nice. Uh, and I was going to ask you about that too, because you're, you're big on a lot of this for yourself, but you're like, Hey, I'm trying to set my family up for the future so they don't have to stress and worry about this stuff. 
um, for your kids, what are, what are your plans with them? Are you trying to hand them off businesses or just maybe try to create a, you know, a financial background for them? Or um, like, I know oh, the, when my the, son was born, we started like a, a 529 for him, which is for college, uh, you know, gross tax free and there's other options, but that's what we went so far. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I give them both a hundred dollars a month. Uh, I, I contribute that. And then with, they get birthday money, I typically let them have like 60, 70% of it, or I'm sorry, I put back 60, 70% of it. And then I let them spend the rest of it. Like what, if my two-year-old gets a hundred dollars for Christmas, what the fuck's he going to do with a hundred dollars? You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he, the dude has everything he needs. Like, so I put that in his thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then they don't know this, but each one of them has a house that I will give them whenever they're 25 that they can choose to either live in rent free or really any, any time like 25 or before, like I want them to have their shit together. You know what I mean? Uh, I just, I don't want to hand this off when they're 17 or 18 years old, but they can choose to live there rent free or they can rent it out and, and use it as a, a profit generating tool. Now, as my real estate portfolio grows, I'm hoping to eventually turn that into a duplex or a fourplex or an apartment complex, or, you know what I mean? Like at some point I can give them something, but the thing is like, I don't want to give them something to like, my intention is not to, to give them something to, to coddle them. That's not what I want to do. Like they need to understand what they have and, and, and I will remain in control of it because of that. So I just, I want them to understand financial literacy, the things they don't teach you in school, you know, inflation, what that looks like. Uh, I, I don't really, uh, I don't want to say I don't believe in college because that's not necessarily true. I think for the most part, it's a scam. Uh, there are some occupations that are, that you have to have for it and are, are great for it for sure. Uh, anyway, I don't want to dive down the rabbit hole, but like, I want them to understand what all this means and not, I'm not, I don't want to just hand them something, you know, like I want, they need to know what it means and what they have and, and treat it as a business. My goal is for them to not have to necessarily like go into the workforce. You know what I mean? And like, they can have a business like, Hey, I'm giving you step one. If you keep amplifying this, we can, we can really do this better and more. And you really don't have to have a job. Like I work every day. People ask me all the time. That's the number one thing I get asked from you under fire. It's like, James, when did you stop working? I said, motherfucker, I work more than anybody, you know, what are you talking about? I'm dude. It's 7 49 PM where I'm at right now. I was working until we got on this. Like I'm still work. Like I don't stop working. I've looked at two different properties today. I coached class. I had three pad sessions. I'm sorry, four pad sessions that I held. I've looked at two properties today. I've done all kinds of banking and lending shit for current loans that I have. I'm doing this podcast now. As soon as I get off with you, I'm going to jump on and do some more stuff. Like it's like, I don't, you know what I mean? These guys have taken a fucking nap. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't have any idea what I do. You know what I mean? Like you're so, <laughs> yeah, this, you're going out, they're partying, they're getting ready right now to go out. It's just stupid. Man. Like I don't do that shit. You think, uh, you think you're changing a lot of those fighters' minds and culture slowly. And like you said, a lot of there's an age thing yeah. too, you know, when you're 22, 23, like you're, anybody can tell you anything in the world, but you're just going to have to find it out for yourself. But you, you think you're kind of changing your culture and your team? I mean, I would assume no so. Doubt. No doubt, man. I, I got, I have guys investing way earlier. Uh, I have guys asking me questions about money, what to do with it, taxes, all this, all this other stuff that I know guys that I listen, I know personally, I know guys that are in the top, I'll just say top 10, but much higher than that, that are owing six figures plus of taxes because they didn't know how to allocate correctly. That's, that's like, really, 
I'll even go as far as to tell you top five, and it's even higher than that. And these are and personal friends or guys you fought? These or? are people I know. These are people I know. And that's fucking scary. Yeah, for sure, man. That really is. I And I think you mentioned that on the on that podcast as well. Um, and that was kind of a light bulb moment for you too, that doesn't matter if you're making, you know, 10 on the undercard or 250. As, as long as you don't manage it, it's it's going to go to shit. Yep. Doesn't It's uh, how you spend $1 is how you'll spend a million. Sure. Tell me, tell me a little bit about, or as much as you want to go delve into it about this, this MMA on, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. Yeah. MMA on is a really, really cool project that I'm, uh, I'm actually on the board of advisors for them. So like, I don't want to act like it's something that I'm, you know, not attached to or not biased because I am, but I don't attach myself to stuff that are that things that, that I don't believe in and I don't do personally. So like, I am deeply involved with this. I'm on the board of advisors and, uh, they have a really, really cool project that they're doing. Uh, it's obviously a crypto based thing, but it's so far past that they have their own uh, wallet that they, uh, we just dropped the wallet. I believe like Thursday, this last Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, they're about to start uh, doing like betting where you can bet the actual crypto in fights like MMA on, if you buy MMA on you and I can bet against each other using MMA on uh, and there's a bunch of different features. They just, they literally just dropped the roadmap. I shared it on my story, but if you go to MMA on's Instagram, they just dropped the roadmap on all kinds of different stuff that they're doing. It's, it's not super big here in the U S it's more of an overseas thing, but the guy behind it is a crypto genius. He's done a ton of different stuff. A lot of projects he's a part of are, are killing it. And uh, I've really enjoyed being a part of it. It's um, it's, I really do believe it's going to, it's going to take off. Like, I think it's sitting at, it's probably low. I think I checked it earlier. I think it's like 20 cents right now. I, I could definitely see that in the next year or two hitting a dollar. It would not surprise me in the least bit. Yeah. Before this and today, I, I didn't spend a ton of time with it cause I was just bouncing around working stuff. But yeah. um, I, I, yeah, I went on, a, like looked it out on Coinbase and it was just trying to yeah. read on it, but I was going to ask you more about it. And so like for myself, cause I, I do find it interesting. And then anybody else who might listen, uh, like, what do we do? We go buy some of it or we lo- like, how yeah, I mean, that's, what's tough. It's tough to buy in America because it's not, it's, it's only on certain exchanges that mm-hmm. are typically uh, in, in America. But it also, what's really cool about it is it also allows you to like support the fighters individually. Like you can leave a donation through the crypto on there for a specific fighter that you want. There's so many cool things about it that I really like. Uh, the, the worst thing about it is that you can't buy it in the U S right now. And that's something that we're really working on because I have a ton of people that want to be a part of it. And it's just, it's really difficult right now. And that's what we're, that's what we're working on currently. See, I was playing with it and I like tried to like click to buy on Coinbase because I use that quite a bit. And then it kicked me to like Coinbase wallet and it was having me set up and I just didn't finish the yeah. setup process. So. so you can, you can put it in any wallet. If you own it, you can have it in any wallet. Uh, but it just, you can't buy it on the exchange. So there's, I don't know how familiar with crypto you are, but there's the exchange and then there's the wallet. They're two separate things. You can have it in the wallet, of course, but you can't buy it on the exchange. And that's where you have to, you have to put it from one to the other. Well, thank you for clarifying that because I was going to go and try to buy it and put it in the wallet. I was confused, but now, so I'm sure you have no idea of when it will be available in the U S then. I don't. I don't, unfortunately. Well, for now, I'll just, I'll keep following you and, and when I can get Appreciate it, I'll get it. it. So um, let's see. I do have, so I, and this is another big reason I wanted to talk to you, man, is because um, you're, you're a professional athlete and a fighter, but we've, you know, only talked maybe like 10% of the time about fighting because I love your, you know, I love finance and talking about investing and you're just a smart, well-rounded guy and you're genuine. 
but I do want to squeeze some fight talk in. So sure. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about these ridiculous, like, what is it? 24 hour, 48 hour fight notice. You almost took, you tried to take, I almost took, or I did take, no, excuse me. You did take, they almost let you. No, I, so I did one. I fought Trevin Giles on like, yeah, yeah. I, I know that. I'm talking about the one that was most recent. Uh, yeah. Chris Curtis. Uh, yeah, I was just, it was the same thing. Same, similar timeline. I offered to step in and fight at 85 again. Yeah, it's, it just, uh, I find it bizarre following it because, you know, you got a lot of guys in the showbiz per se who are saying, I'll fight anywhere, anytime. And, and then you see about cancellations or backing out. And then, you know, you're like, Hey, I'm coaching the card. And they're like, James Cross may be a fill in. And I was like, Holy shit. Like what yeah. would the weight cut be like for that man? Oh, at 85 minimal. I think I was like 192. I would have like, I told them I would go get in the sauna. And but you, but right they now. declined but, you for health reasons or just, it was too soon or what? The commission didn't want to do it. It was too fast. Right. They were probably a little skeptical, I guess, just because of the turnaround time. I'm not sure. I didn't really dive into it. I just said, Hey, I'll fight this dude. If y'all want, <laughs> like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like the rest of it's on them. I don't know. I, I, the, I was told the UFC was interested in it, but the, the, the uh, Nevada state athletic commission was, was not, uh, I don't know why exactly. Your last one that you took that you did take um, on notice. Do you think, obviously most people go quick and think maybe disadvantaged because you haven't had time to train. Did you think the opposite at all? And like, Hey, you know, I haven't been stressing about this. I didn't really get beat up in camp. It's kind of like worry free. And it, it, to me as a non-fighter, obviously it looked like a win-win for me, for you, because. Yeah, it was, it was a win-win. Yeah. It was a win-win for me, but, uh, I wouldn't say I had an advantage. That's for sure. Uh, I'm always in good shape, but good shape and fight shape are vastly different. So, uh, I was not in great shape for that fight. And I think it showed like watching any of my other fights, I don't get tired, you know? Uh, and I, I just got super tired in that fight. Uh, you guys went to a decision, right? Yeah. So you, you yeah. think full camp, that would have been yours easy then. I thought it was mine anyway. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I won anyway. So, uh, I still to this day feel like I won, but you know, I just, it's, I don't, I don't, it's not like I lose sleep over or anything like that, but uh, I, I thought I won. I thought I won round one and three pretty convincingly. Uh, round three was a little close, but statistically I won it. I feel like the momentum in the fight, I won it. Uh, but, yeah, on a camp, yeah, I think I finished it. Are you I, – I mean, to my knowledge, I think you're the only one. Are you the only active coach slash fighter? I mean, are there any – I think so. I don't know. I think so. I thought so, too. So, so who's coaching you, per se, when you're getting ready for camp and fight? Yeah, my coach is uh, Mark Montoya. He's out of Factory X Muay Thai in Denver, Colorado. Okay, and so and he comes down to to where you're at in, in Missouri, or you I go, go to him. Okay, um, and I don't know if you wanted to talk about it at all, but um, obviously you've been getting on the business side of things, and you're super busy coaching. Are you are you planning on stepping in the cage anytime soon, or are you playing that by ear? <clears throat> uh, I don't know. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of playing it by ear. Like if I if I did fight, it would probably just be one more time. If I do fight again, uh, I'm 35, you know, I've been fighting for 15 years now. I have probably 70 fights pro amateur. Um, you know, you got, you have to be done at some point, you know? And, uh, I don't know. The only reason I would fight again is just to get some type of like closure. Like, Hey, this is my last fight or Hey, you know, do the whole glove, stupid glove thing. And you know what I mean? I don't know. Then that's, I don't, I don't need that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't need that to feel good about what I've done. Uh, I don't have a good answer for you. You know, I've sure. been asked that quite a bit, but uh, if, if I ever do fight again, it'll just be one more. Sure. 
Well, I was going to ask this uh, at the end, which we're getting fairly close to, but I was going to, it was one of one going to be one of my more of my rapid fire questions, but while we're on the topic, um, so you maybe got one more in the pipeline um, for you, you know, someone you'd want to go against and, 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 you know, money fight per se, if you could pick, take your pick of the litter right now, like, Hey man, I get a good money fight, go out with a bang, see what I got. Who would that be? Shoney. He's, and you know, that's not unrealistic, right? I mean, he's, he's definitely, on the he's back, back, he's back at 55 now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought I saw that he was fighting uh, the new kid Patty, but then like I saw he was fighting someone else. I, I don't know. I think he's fighting Patty. See, I saw, I, you know, I'm only following what the, the people say on like MMA junkie, but I thought I saw Patty fighting someone else now, but I don't know. No, I think he's fighting Patty. As who far as take, I know, that's who do you, who are you taking that one? I think it's a pretty competitive fight. I mean, Cerrone just hasn't looked, stellar as of late uh but patty's young and he makes a lot of mistakes man i could see i could see cowboy catching him with a kick or something like that i could see patty knocking him out too so i i don't know that's a tough one well cowboy also uh you know i think it's like a five loss streak but he took one yeah. against uh, pettis that arguably people thought he won and should probably should have been could have went either way really uh anthony pettis before he bounced yeah. to the pfl so yeah it's that definitely could have went uh that was close that was close uh you know that it happens. You know, shit happens. He's been around for a long time. He's got a lot of miles on him, man. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask too because uh, I'm a big fan of of this gentleman and just see your your take as a coach and a fighter and, and a you know a guy who looks at everything at all angles. Um, Cody Garbrandt, you know, on a on a pretty decent skid after you yeah. know being so high on the chain and there's a lot to talk about him. You know, kind of just lost it, lost his chin, and not looking got not looking good overall. What what are your thoughts on that at all, if any? Uh, that's a really tough one, man. Like, I feel like you got to be in the inner circle of that one to really get a good understanding of what, what he's going through. Um, you think that could be a, a like a, he's bounced between, uh, you know, Cali and Jersey with gyms kind of going back and forth. You think that could be like, he needs a complete gym change. You think it's a gym thing or. No, I, I mean, no, it's not like he looks bad. You know, he's not looking bad. You know what right. I mean? Like he's getting, he's getting, he's getting clipped. Yeah. But he's not looking bad. He looks – he's fast still. He's got speed. I don't know. I don't know if it's – I mean, his, his shape seems to be good. He's, he's fast. He's fucking – probably has the fastest hands in the division. Uh, he just – I don't know if his chin – I don't want to say his chin's gone, but he's been in a lot of fights. And I know he comes up in a boxing background that typically, you know, they've been in a lot of wars in the gym and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, I feel like you got to be in his inner circle to really know – and it's hard to tell because he's been fighting such an elite group for so long that it's, you know, it's not like he's fighting shake hands. He's fighting really fucking good guys. You know what sure. I mean? So I don't want to like, I'm not going to disrespect his skills or anything like that, but yeah, he's in a tough spot. You know, if I'm him, I put him against a jujitsu guy or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, like at 25, the Namasento or one of those jujitsu guys that, that uh, don't have a ton of power. And, you know, I think that'll tell a lot, but I mean, you kind of seen that against a Sensao, he knocked the shit out of a Sensao, you know, like, it's not like he's losing the bad guys. He is, his worst loss is the Kai Kara France, who stylistically matches up with Cody really well. Yeah, we were there for that one. That was my first live event, so that was super cool. Um, obviously, we'd nice. like to see Cody win, but sure. Um, well, yeah, man, I'm going to go into more of some rapid-fire questions because we're about yeah. to close out here, and then uh, we can wrap it up. Um, let's see. I uh, wanted to hear your main and co-main picks for 270, so between the heavies and then the, the flies. Marino... Gone, I guess. 
Uh, yes, that's so you got Marino and Figueroa, and then you got Nganu and, and no, Cyril I'm, I'm picking Marino and Sirogan. Oh, you're going Marino, Sirogan. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. What would you say is being what is harder to you, being the fighter or the coach? They're both difficult in different ways. Uh, I mean, the uh, the fighter obviously has more stress, more immediate stress, more urgency, but the coach has to deal with more than one more than one thing at once. So they both, they, they're, it's the same approach in different ways, if that makes any sense. It's the same amount of stress in different areas. Cool. And I did, I did want, I had this in my notes too. I wanted to go back and give you props on that. Um, how you, you hear all these fighters, like, I just want the belt. I want the belt. I want to be the champion. And you're sitting here, you know, no bullshit. You're like, Hey, I'm trying to get me and my guys financial independence. If you want to be the champ, that's cool. I can see it. But if you don't, if you want to make a living and, and you know, retire and, and have some money in the bank, that's cool too. And you just don't really hear anybody saying that everybody, you know, they, everybody wants a check of course, but they're always talking about being the champion. You're like, Hey, I'm, I'm content with making a good living here. So. Yeah. You'll never find an interview of me saying, I want to be a champion. It's just my unpopular opinion. I just never given a shit about it. I, my goal has always been financial freedom it's just it just has been i don't know you know i'm sorry to the, the people that oh what the fuck you should be fighting then i've been fighting for a long time man <laughs> right fuck you guys i fought some really good dudes you know what i mean like yeah i've been fighting some good guys so like and it, it's not like i nobody goes into a fight and was like everybody's like oh he's one foot in one foot out listen when you're in there nobody's like I, I promise you when we're facing off and I'm throwing jabs, I'm not like, Oh, I don't want the title. Maybe I should quit. <laughs> no, it's it, we're at such a primitive uh, event. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to get out of here alive, bro. Like I'm not thinking about, Oh, like I don't want it bad enough. <laughs> Fuck, nobody thinks that shit. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. These people that say that stupid shit have never fought a day in their life. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I've, everybody's an armchair quarterback per se, but I thought it was super neat when, when Gaethje was like, cause people say, yeah, man, if you really wanted to close it out, uh, you know, you shouldn't have let it go to the bell. And he's like, yeah, we, no one wants to go to that. Bell. Yeah. Like, no, we don't want to stay in there that long. You think we no. want to go there? Yeah. No, I, no that's I, terrible. I really do think every fan should go to a live event because it is so much more brutal than on the TV, like sitting close to the cage, uh, like at some of the smaller events, seeing what oh, yeah. it is. It really does oh, yeah. open your eyes to how, you know, brutal oh, the yeah. sport is. The sounds like, even as a coach, I was just telling uh, somebody this the other day, I was like, <laughs> I was, I was listening. We were like, Corn, I was like, fuck, is that what that sounds like when I'm in there? Like, do those, <laughs> does that, does that noise that make the same noise when it hits me like that? Cause you, as when you're in the fight, you don't hear them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You don't hear the thuds and you just, you just don't. And then when you, when you're outside coaching, you're like, Oh God, damn, is that what that sounds like? Jesus. Especially like the bone on bone. It's just ugly. It's bad. No, I agree. Bad. I mean, we're, we're at the T-Mobile, we were up in the nosebleeds, but um, you know, I go to some LFA events and some XFN, you know, the lower promotions and, and you can sit close for a, a good yeah. amount and you hear it all, man. I mean, it's, it's, crazy. you can even smell it sometimes the, like the iron and the blood. And like, I'm telling you, like it's, it sounds kind of weird, but like if, I recommend if you're a real fight fan, I'm a snob. I can't watch anything past like first, second row. Like I, I have to be there because I've been in so many. Like, I just, I would rather watch it at home yeah. if I'm going to be way back. Uh, but if you can get close enough, pay the money because it's, you'll get a different appreciation for it of the sounds of the impact that like you can feel it. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you are immersed within the experience. You're not, you're, you're no longer a witness of the experience. You are immersed within it. You can feel it. You can smell it. It really, it's, the word is, I use is intimate. 
it becomes very intimate and your senses take over. Like you can smell the blood, you can smell the sweat. You can, you can feel the, the shake from the, the, the weight hitting the cage and transfer to the floor. Like you get a better appreciation for it. Small little details. It's very, no, you're, you're hundred percent correct. When I went to my most recent one um, with Bobby up in Vail, Colorado, um, he had some tickets there cause he was a sheath was a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And like you said, just the little things, cause uh, you know, these, these girls are in the cage and then their whole families are there and then the winners are going crazy. And then the losers, the the girl who lost their, their ball in their eyes out and they're making sure she's healthy. And then, you know, the fighters are coming out and they're giving us high fives and the cut man's coming over and he's like got blood on him. You can see it on his face. And like you said, it's yep. just so different from the TV, even, even at a small style of an event. Cause a lot yeah. of these guys are getting the call in the next, you know, two, three months if they win and stuff. So they're- even me watching back, like, I'll tell you just a crazy experience. Like it's when you, when you're watching it. So like, this is just such a surreal thing for me. Whenever I see this, I'm in the locker room. I'm seeing somebody warm up next to me. Like, let's say you and I are in the locker room. I'm warming my guy. We're not even really talking. We say, Hey, what's up? Whatever. I'm warming my guy up. Boom, 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 you know, whatever. And I see you and they call your name. All right, we're going out. We're going out to fight. Justin's going to fight, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, cool. Yeah, I just seen this guy. He was right here in front of me. And then like, I go out and you're on a TV. And whenever you're on the TV, it just, it's not real. Like I can't touch you or you're not, it's not tangible anymore. Right. And then literally you go off the TV two minutes later, you walk right back in front of me and you're fucked up. And it's like, holy shit. Like there was such a big, like I literally just watched this guy and I had like no emotion towards him. I watched him. He's fucked up and like whatever. And then now he's in front of me and you're like, God bless man. Like it's just different. You can't get an appreciation for it until you, until it becomes tangible and it's in front of you and it's intimate, your senses take over. And it's just even, even me. And I know, I know what they're going. I've been through it. I coached through it. I've fought through it and I still can't get a great appreciation. until that person comes in front of me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, I, I, I a hundred percent agree. Even with like the, the ceremonial weigh-ins on TV, it just looks like this big show and production. And it's yeah. like, like you said, that's just like, they're so far away and it's, Oh my God, I never see them. And then when you go live at, you know, at the, at the MGM, it's like, Oh shit, they're just chilling. I mean, they're just weighing in and, you know, puffing their chest and it's, you know, but you got them all. It's, it, I agree with you a hundred percent. You have, you have extremely good perspectives and opinions on that. So um, you, you, and you word it very well. Um, let's see, big, big question I have for my brother for a fighter. How long does it take for you to tell if they got it or not? If they're cut for this business, is that something you see instantly? Can some people pick it up in two to three months or is there just something you're like, you got it or you don't, man? I think everybody's got it. I'm not like, I'm not a natural athlete. I'm you know what? I shouldn't say that because it's not true, but I feel like if you work hard enough at something, you can get it. I've seen guys that like I'm I wasn't good. I didn't start out good. I wasn't mentally tough. I wasn't an overly durable person. I was slightly athletic, nothing crazy, but I worked fucking way harder than everybody else. I showed up every single day and I was one of the first people in Kansas City to be like, hey, I'm gonna do this every day, twice a day for the rest of my life. And it 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 was a thing to where like the guys that had that two years experience, I mean, they whooped my ass. And then like, I just started catching up to them. I'd catch up to them. I'd catch up to them. And then I'd beat them and then I'd surpass them. And then they would quit. And then a new set of guys would, and it is before long, like it wasn't that I was better than everybody else. It was just that I outlasted everybody. And you know what I mean? Like I just became the guy with the most experience. Sure. So 
when somebody asks me like, Hey, what do you think? Can I do this? I'm like, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. But what are you willing to do to get it? That's, that's the real question. It's not, do you have it? It's what are you willing to do to get it? Cause not every, nobody, nobody has it, but everybody has it. If that makes sense. Sure. Nobody has it here. Everybody has it here. And it's, you got it. You got to get it here to get it here. And, uh, it's like, what are you willing to do to get it here, to get it here? And that's, that's the question that the underlying question that we're asking, in my opinion, you got to, got to cut out those naps, right? I mean, I, I yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, no, but yeah, like you gotta, how fucking important is it, man? Like sure. if you're, you know what I mean? Like uh, these guys, these guys go home and they take naps and this is my problem is like, they say they want what I want, what I have, but they're not willing to do what I do. And that's where the problem is like, okay, cool. Cut your nap, get up, get five, 6 a.m. every morning. They, and it's like, fuck that. Okay, well, cool. Then you don't want what I have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just plain and simple. Like, it's plain and simple. Um, Colby or uh, Jorge? I love Jorge. He's I'm a huge fan of his. I respect him a ton. I respect all those OG guys. You fought him, right? I will say, yeah, yeah, really good fighter. One of the best fighters I've ever competed against. Very, very smart. High fight IQ. Very underrated grappling. Uh, he's very good. Uh, Colby's a really difficult matchup for him. Really difficult matchup for him. Cool. Yeah, man, when Jorge uh, knocked up Ben Askin, that to me, I literally was like, is this staged? That was so ridiculous to me. So yeah, it was pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Pretty um, nuts. let's see, man. I think that's about all I had. I did want to say <laughs> I've been following Nate Scrim and, and shout out to you for for being such an advocate for putting up the cards, man. That's like motherfuckers, bro. What is wrong with people, dude? I'm telling you, man. I don't have a ton of pet peeves. Like I'm pretty easy going, but if I could, if I could go back and text you all these memories on my Facebook, like I will, I will used to put pictures up like every weekend at Walmart or the grocery store. I just don't get it, man. I can pass so much of this shit just drives me crazy. If you don't put your card up, like, I, <laughs> I think you're fucking scum of the earth. I think you're such a piece of shit. If you don't put your fucking card up, like, that just displays the level of laziness that you have. And it's like, what? I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piss somebody off. I'm going to offend somebody. And that's not my, that's not my uh, intentions. But, like, it's like, fuck it. I just don't get why, like, why, why don't you, what, like, and I, and the number one answer is they have somebody from that. No, they don't. No, they fucking don't. No, nobody has a person for that. Some fucking bag boy has got to come out and do it. And if they like, nobody has a cart guy, nobody is hired just to bring in carts. I it's used to a, like push an accessory carts on the side at Walmart. And it, it, so when you put them in the bin, it's, it's fine to do. But if you put 20 in across the parking lot, it takes time. It hits people's cars. It dings. And no, you know, no, we, we could probably rant on this forever, but no one has an issue getting the cart to put their, you know, their Oreos and their no. Dr. Pepper in, but by God no. to put it up, it's too cold or, you know, what's worse. Cold. What's, what's worse than people not putting their cart up is, is, uh, people using the electronic scooters that don't need to. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's even worse. One. Yeah. Complete pieces of shit. Complete pieces of shit. If you need to use it, I get it. If you're fucking lazy, Oh, don't get me started, bro. We're going to fuck. We need another podcast for this. One. But <laughs> yeah. it's fucking ridiculous, dude. The, the level of laziness that our country has allowed is just absurd to me. It's insane to me. And uh, that's why that's why this is that's why. If you, 
I'm trying to not, I'm trying to tiptoe around. If you're not where you are in life, you're probably doing dumb shit like that. Sure. You know what I mean? And like how you do anything is how you do everything. So. Yeah, man. The, I, every time I go to Walmart, which is, is far and few between nowadays. And I, I come back and like I said, I'm a pretty happy person, pretty optimistic. I'm like, God, I'm pissed off. I just hate Walmart now. No one has respect there. Like yeah. I said, everyone's driving. Kids are letting their driving their electric scooters. They're all gone. Then they leave them dead in the parking lot. And then they're hitting my car with their car. I seen a lady. She had an electric, electric scooter the other day. She got up out of the damn thing and walked all the way down the aisle to grab what she wanted and came back because she, she didn't have enough room to turn around. And it's just like, I wanted to be like, I wanted to look her in the eye. And I didn't, of course. But I wanted to be like, you are such a lazy piece of shit. Like, you're the worst type of human ever. And I, I just don't think highly of anybody that does that. It's like, maybe I'm a piece of shit for thinking that. But no, not at all. I don't, I don't care. It, uh, it's, it's just so weird to me, man. I don't get it. I'm not going to do it. I would love to just to prove to my, to my people that, it, cause everyone knows me that everyone knows me. Like you do that. You're getting tagged in all these cart stories. People know me like that. My friends, like when there's a meme or, or when I reshare it, they laugh or they'll be like, you know, tag me in the, this little cart things. It's like basically if you, if you, you know, don't put it up, you're a scumbag and they'll always tag me in it. I want to just clip this last five minutes to put on there clip and it. be like, clip just it, show it, but I, I'll do Send it that shit. Send that shit. And that's not even clickbait. That's just going to be like, James Krause agrees. If you don't put your card up, you're a shit bag. If you don't put your card up at the grocery store, you are the lowest piece of shit on this planet. 100% agree. 100% agree. I saw that and I was like, oh man, this is my guy. You went from like already high on my list to just freaking my freaking hero, dude. No, good, good chat, James, dude. I really appreciate it. Like I said, shout out to Bobby for getting us connected. Um, Keep doing good work and, you know. uh, Thank you. I've been following you more out of the cage than I have in the cage the last year and a half, Thank two years. You. So we'll keep following you either way. And I'll be looking for the MMA on stuff. We can purchase it. Um, anything else you want to close out with? No, nah, man, I appreciate you having me, bro. I had a blast. Yeah. Put your fucking card up, right? Put your fucking card up. Such oh, a piece of stuff. shit if you don't. Hey dude, good luck. Keep pounding away. And uh, I appreciate you once again. Thanks bro. Appreciate it, man.